I had a war chest of about three and a half million dollars. Mark Martin is strapping into his troll. Based on what we had going on, I had enough money to do it for two years. Mark Martin from Batesville. Bill France Jr. gave me and Mark Martin an application to the 1988 Daytona 500. And not enough can be said for these guys that built this team from the ground up in two years. But if I didn't win a race, if I didn't show a blue sky to, to potential sponsors that wanted to get on board, there was an end in sight to my, uh, to my NASCAR career. The Motor Racing Network presents The Many Hats of Jack Roush. Mark Martin drives up high out of turn number four, comes out of the corner, and every person in this grandstand is cheering him on. He comes down and he will win the AC Delco 500. It has been a long, hard road for Mark Martin. I butted head. I mean, I had butted heads with Jack Roush, but I butted head with Jack a lot early in the years. But we made it, and we did it together. Jeff Burton wins at Daytona. He takes the 42nd Pepsi 400. Everything that I do in my racing and, and uh, you know, when my son's racing and stuff, I always, one of the decisions I'm making, I always go through my mind, what would, you know, what would Jack do? Carl Edwards is a first-time winner in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. They did not hold one thing back from me. We gave it the best effort, and I think that's very noble, and I'm honored to be associated with him. From the Motor Racing Network Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Woody Kane. Welcome to another episode of MRN Presents The Many Hats of Jack Roush. I'm Woody Kane. Today, we'll focus on Roush Fenway Racing from 2010 to 2018, a time when the historic and successful race team endured struggles and underwent a major reformation. As the decade opened, Jack Roush's team had just partnered with Fenway Sports Group, owners of the Boston Red Sox, to bolster its business strength. The team also parted with driver Jamie McMurray after a change in NASCAR rules limited car owners to just four entries per series. Consequently, the 26 team shut down and McMurray returned to Ganassi Racing. Having won only three races and landing only Greg Biffle among the top ten in points at season's end, the 2009 season had been difficult. And as Jack Roush stated, he and his four drivers, Carl Edwards, Greg Biffle, Matt Kenseth, and David Reagan were intent upon having early success in 2010. I, I couldn't be more excited about 2010. I've learned from 2009 when I thought was going to be a slam dunk to come back and dominate the mile and a half tracks and, and to be in contention for the championship again. And, uh, and we just missed it. But the four Roush Fenway drivers stumbled out of the gate even as their former teammate earned one of his biggest career victories in the season's opening race. Coming down to the line to decide the Daytona 500, McMurray will get it. His first time out with Earnhardt Ganassi Racing, he will win the 52nd running of the Daytona 500. Through the first 20 races of the year, the Roush Fenway Quartet of drivers had failed in their quest to win. In the week leading up to the 21st race of the season, Roush was badly injured as he crashed his jet while landing in Wisconsin. That weekend, as the team raced at Pocono, Jack Roush watched from a hospital bed. Greg Biffle off the corner for the final time here in Pocono. It's been 64 races since his last checkered flag, but today, with his car owner Jack Roush watching from a hospital bed, he's going back to victory lane. Greg Biffle wins the Sunoco Red Cross Pennsylvania 500 at Pocono. Your owner Jack Roush uh, involved in the plane crash this week. What does this mean for not just him, you and this whole Roush Fenway organization? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I wish he was here, and uh, I'm sure he's watching, and this one's for him. 
first win of 2010 for Greg Biffle. And for Ford Motor Company, Carl Edwards comes in to give him the big hug. Greg Biffle is a winner at Pocono Raceway. Biffle's victory lifted spirits at Roush Fenway Racing as Biffle, Kenseth, and Edwards once again would challenge regularly for race victories. Carl Edwards crosses the line, three laps to go for Carl. He's really been on a roll. He's going to hate to see the season end. I think that's the case for uh, most of the Ford guys. After a real struggle here for a good part of the 2010 season, it turned around about the time they got to Indy or Chicago land, and since then they've been on fire. And now it's showing up as Carl Edwards is coming down to the line. Edwards finished 2010 by winning the year's final two events. Carl Edwards with a preview of what the Ford guys have planned for next season. Carl Edwards gets the win. Jimmy Johnson is second. And Roush Fenway carried that winning momentum into 2011. Trevor Bain playing defense. He's out in front at age 20. He's going to win the 53rd Daytona 500. Trevor Bain, employed by Roush Fenway Racing, but on loan to the Wood Brothers, won the Daytona 500 in a Roush-built Ford Fusion. And the team's restrictor plate prowess continued when the series returned to Daytona in July. All green for David Reagan, who goes to victory lane tonight at Daytona. I gotta thank my teammates. I couldn't have done it without Matt and Greg, Carl. They've really helped me a lot over my career, and I feel like we should have done this 100 races ago, but uh, here we are. We won the race in the UPS Ford. And during the 2011 Cup Series playoffs, Roush Fenway's Carl Edwards' consistent top finishes propelled him into championship contention. The tension so thick here at Homestead Miami Speedway, you can cut it with a knife. Everybody wondering and waiting and seeing if Carl Edwards can do anything to shut down the distance and take the win away from Tony Stewart. In the season-ending winner-take-all race at Homestead Miami, Edwards tied champion Tony Stewart in points, but lost the title on a tiebreaker. Carl Edwards, that close. And you're able to manage a smile down here put into words uh, your thoughts right now. Hey, I, I just, uh, I got to say congratulations to Tony. Those guys earned it. I mean, they won, I guess, half the races in the chase, and he's the champion. He did a good job. My guys did a great job. We pushed him to the end, man. That's all I got. I mean, that is, uh, that's as hard as I can drive, so I think it's really important to give Tony the credit. Those guys did a good job. We, I mean, that is everything I got, so I'll go home and uh, work harder for next year. We'll be back, and we'll make it just as hard on him, hopefully harder, but I'm proud of Ford, Aflac, all of our sponsors, all of our team, and just thank you to the fans. I appreciate you guys for making this so fun. Edwards finished second in the race and second for the 2011 championship. But Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was able to earn that year's Xfinity championship for the Roush team. 2012 would be Roush Fenway Racing's 25th season of NASCAR competition. At the time, Edwards believed the best was yet to come. It's pretty neat to be uh, to be associated with this this group right now. We're really we're fast and we have shot to win almost every week and I feel like we're going to be a force in this championship so that, you know it's, it's a good time to be a part of Roush Fenway Racing. Before the start of 2012, Roush cut the four-car team to three as David Reagan did not return. But the winning spirit continued for Edwards, Biffle, and Kenseth in the Daytona 500. Kenseth, Biffle, Earnhardt Jr. Earnhardt Jr. continues to shove Biffle. Here they come off turn four for the final time. It'll be settled among these three drivers coming back to the line. Kenseth now Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. appeals to the outside. Can't make it happen. Matt Kenseth is going to win the Daytona 500. Kenseth came out on top, and teammate Greg Biffle finished third in the season opening race. 
Together, the two combined to win five times for Roush Fenway Racing in 2012. You told us before the race you thought the car was okay. Were you playing a little poker with us? Did you know it was as good as it was? Yeah, I knew my car was badass, so I didn't want to say anything until I got here. The three Roush Fenway Fords were fast and competitive at every type of track including the bread-and-butter mile-and-a-half speedways. Greg Biffle leads the way up off turn number four, now starting to stretch it out. Three, four car links in front of Brad Keselowski. But that fall, Cracks and Jack's team started a show as Matt Kenseth, who had been with the team since 2000, opted out. The newest driver in the JGR lineup uh, going into 2013, Matt Kenseth. Kenseth would drive the number 20 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing the following season. I think as a driver, you want to go somewhere where not only you're going to be a be a good fit, but it's obviously all about winning races and try to win championships. And I think you want to put yourself in a position uh, that you think is going to be the the most competitive and be uh, um, you know the most competitive going forward to uh, to try to achieve your goals. And I felt like this was it. And weeks later, we're pretty excited to announce uh, formally this time that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. will be piloting the iconic number 17 car next year and seeking to continue the championship heritage that Jack has created for uh, for that program. Kenseth fought off the distraction and tried to focus on the championship run. You know, I'm 100% committed to Roush until the end of, you know, the race season or the first of the year and, until I start work here. So, um, you know, I work there till the end of the year. I'm, I'm 100% committed to that and only that and, uh, and getting the 17 car to run and try to try to win some races and try to race for that championship. So there really hasn't been a, any kind of transition or anything yet and there won't be until you know until I'm done over there. Despite the coming change, Greg Biffle and Matt Kenseth finished fifth and seventh in points respectively, but neither seriously challenged for the championship. Meanwhile, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. earned his second straight Xfinity Series title. With Matt Kenseth gone and Xfinity Series champ Ricky Stenhouse Jr. moving to the Cup Series in 2013, it seemed that Roush Fenway Racing would continue its winning ways. Here's your leader, Carl Edwards, with a 10-car lead over the rest of the field. Up front and pulling away and seeing the checkered flag, and that winless streak is over. Carl Edwards has won here at the Phoenix International Raceway. Roush's new top driver, Carl Edwards, won the season's second race, breaking a 70-race winless streak. Biffle won at Michigan in June, and Edwards tacked on a second victory that fall in Richmond. But only Biffle ranked among the top 10 in points at season's end. The three teams collectively averaged a 15th place finish, and the struggles set in. It got worse in 2014. Edwards tallied two wins early in the season at the Bristol Short Track and on the road course in Sonoma. But the three Roush cars couldn't find enough speed on NASCAR's main course tracks, the mile-and-a-half speedways. We've got two wins, and that's that's great, but for us, if the chase started today, we've got work to do on these mile-and-a-halves. I mean, Greg Biffle, for him to run 10th at Michigan, and for that to, I mean, if you look at, at the way that we are accustomed to running and the things that we do, that we're not where we need to be. So, in July, Edwards announced his decision to follow former teammate Matt Kenseth to Joe Gibbs Racing. You know, your career is relatively short, and, and this is something that I was just excited to do, and, and, and hopefully it will yield really positive results. I mean, I mean, who can ignore what Matt Kenseth did last year? A month later, Biffle affirmed his commitment to remain with Roush Fenway Racing as the team's senior driver. I did have uh, other opportunities, and I felt like the opportunity presented in front of me was to get uh, Roush Fenway back to, to number one. 
you know, I can clearly remember these some of these guys out here that are at the top of the list right now, lapping them every nearly every week. You know, the the cycles changed, and it's easy to, you know, jump ship when the cycle's not in your favor. And and a lot of people behind the organization, I knew that we could get back to winning races. But the road back would be longer than Biffle may have imagined. 2015 was the beginning of a two-year low point for Roush Fenway Racing. Biffle, Stenhouse, and new teammate Trevor Bain failed to take Roush Fenway to victory lane for the first time since 1989. We've been a cup racing here now for 28 years and have had a, a, a times when we've uh, had the hot hand and had the, uh, the combination everybody else wishes they understood or could have, and there's other times when we've lacked that. And uh, we're on a cycle right now that's on its way back up. Uh, you know, Greg's had his two top five finishes, uh, fifth and second uh, so far this year. Of course, Greg is a cornerstone of what we've done, and uh, I'm not going to give up, and I don't think he's going to give up till we win the Sprint Cup as well. Driver Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. You know, with the rules changes, with uh, some of our simulation stuff that we use, um, I think we just got behind, and, you know, this isn't a sport where you can just overcome things uh, in one week. So hopefully, um, you know, we've, we've put a lot of effort into a new uh, simulation. We don't have it up and running yet, but we, we've put a lot of effort into it. And, um, uh, you know, it's really cool that Greg stayed um, and, you know, with him being at Roush Fenway so long and, and had a lot of experience, I think that we really needed him to, to stick around for us so that uh, that I can lean on him, Trevor can lean on him, and, uh, and we can get, you know, get going back in the right direction. The Roush Trio finished the season ranked 20th, 25th, and 29th overall. This while Team Penske Fords won seven times. A lone bright spot was an Xfinity Series championship won by Roush Fenway driver Chris Busher. 2016 proved to be more of the same as once again Roush Fenway's Cup teams failed to reach victory lane and a lack of consistent speed contributed to Biffle, Stenhouse, and Bain finishing the year ranked 21st, 22nd, and 23rd in points. Those continuing struggles would pave the way for Biffle's exit at season's end. I felt like, you know, it kind of run its course, if you will, and I really felt personally like it was time for me to do something different. Time to make a change. The Roush teams faced another downsize for 2017, fielding Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Trevor Bain as a two-car Cup Series organization. On his way out, Greg Biffle said he believed the struggles of 15 and 16 were about to pay dividends. This year has definitely been an up year for us. It may not look like it uh, in the results, but better than we were last year competition-wise and performance on the racetrack. We may not have all the finishes to show for it, but I feel like as I step away that they're on the right track. I truly believe that. Out of the darkness of 15 and 16 came the dawn of success in 2017. This is the moment a race car driver lives for, leading the field at Talladega Super Speedway with big names behind him. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in that position. He will cross the line and win the Geico 500. He started on the pole and scores the victory here today at Talladega, Alabama. Got a lot of cheers riding around here today, and uh, man, the fans were awesome. Uh, we had a lot packed in here at Talladega. Uh, felt old school, so um, 
man, to finally get that win for Jack and, and everyone on our team is just, uh, man, just really special. It was the team's first win in nearly three years, and he did it again that July in Daytona. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. across the start-finish line. He sees the checkered flag, and Stenhouse is going back to victory lane. He's the winner tonight. Those two victories in 2017 provided a glimmer of hope for the future. But in 2018, Jack Roush, recognizing his team's comeback trail was long, called upon help from one of his former drivers, Matt Kenseth. You know, it's a chance to look at our cars and find out if there's something glaring that, uh, that Matt would see from his experience, which would be in line with what Mark's impression would be if he were in the cars, uh, I think, as well. He may just have that impression, but we're also anxious to start building back on the uh, 33 races that Matt's won in, in, in Xfinity as well as, as Cup and add to that. Uh, the, the, there's another championship in there for Matt with Roush Fenway. That remains to be seen. That's in years two and three out. If, if there is a year two and three for Matt in the car, we'll just have to see how it goes. Well, I felt like we've always had a really good relationship. Um, you know, obviously it was uh, difficult when I, when I left for that five-year period. I think that was that strained the relationship a lot and uh, uh, he told me the other day he's still not over it <laughs> so uh, that that strained it a lot but other than that I mean I feel like uh, we've always had a really really good relationship. Kenseth returned on a part-time basis sharing the number six car with Trevor Bain. His impact was immediate though he failed to earn even one top 10 finish. Even though the uh, results haven't justified the effort uh, we've had more speed in our cars and we've got uh, a direction that's going to be clear that will make better race cars and better racing for our fans going forward. Ultimately, it was decided that both Bain and Kenseth would forfeit their seat in the number six car for 2019. In their place, Roush hired Ryan Newman, a veteran driver with an engineering degree. If, if a driver's got an education that, uh, uh, that uh, offsets, uh, he didn't waste his time going to, going to glamour school or... Uh, practicing for the theater he's uh if he's going to and, and welding or fabrication or engine building or he's done something with an engineering band it uh it certainly makes him attractive i mean i think obviously you bring uh, a level of experience and that experience is good experiences and bad experiences whether it's you know a shock or a spring package or dealing with certain people or you know, different kind of programs and, and how things are run, um, you know, shop layouts, you know, different perspectives, I, I would say, that I've kind of kept in the back of my mind that, that make an impact on the end result of being successful. Heading into 2019, there's reason to believe that brighter days are ahead for Jack Roush's two-car cup team. Together, Ryan Newman and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. hope to return Roush to regular contention for race wins and championships. Next time on MRN Presents, the many hats of Jack Roush. What it meant to the organization to win a championship, it was like winning the first race at Rockingham. It meant that we were going to be able to stay not just a contender to win races, but as a contender to win championships. It put out uh, uh, a, uh, a notice that we were there to stay. Jack's team enjoys success in the NASCAR Camping World Truck and Xfinity Series, developing drivers and engineering speed secrets. A look at one of NASCAR's most successful truck and Xfinity programs next time. I'm Woody Kane. Thanks for listening. Today's program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. The Many Hats of Jack Roush was written and produced by Rich Colbreth. 
Tyler Burnett, Alexa Henrion, and Brian Nelson. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.